0: Hey there, welcome to Fit and Fired Up, the podcast that's all about fueling your passion for a healthy and vibrant life. I'm your host, Katie, and I'm thrilled to be your guide on this incredible journey. Whether you're a seasoned fitness guru or just trying to dip your toes into the world of wellness, this podcast is tailor-made to you. Here at Fit and Fired Up, we believe that knowledge is the key to unlocking your true potential, and that's exactly what we're serving up. Each week, we'll dive into the ever-evolving worlds of nutrition and fitness, from debunking popular myths to exploring the latest cutting-edge research. We've got you covered. It's time to separate fact from fiction so you can make informed decisions on your health journey. But you know what? It's not just about the science. We're here to have fun, too. We'll spice things up with inspiring success stories, expert interviews, and plenty of laughter along the way. So grab your favorite protein shake, your comfiest workout gear, and get ready to get fit and fired up like never before. And if you feel like you got something out of this episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button and share it with your friends. Welcome back to episode 7. Today I'm going to be talking about the link between your period and stress. In this episode, I'll dive into what your period is supposed to look like, what it means when you have certain PMS symptoms, and how you can manage your period so it's symptom-free. This is for any woman on birth control, coming off birth control, dealing with shitty or painful periods, and who want to learn more about optimizing their period health. Your menstrual cycle is a direct indication and linked to your internal health. It is the process that your body undergoes to bring life into the world or prepare for the next opportunity to do so. That is one of the biggest jobs of women's bodies is to create and grow life. One of the biggest issues to this is that some women have internal chaos with their hormones, gut health, and stress, so their body shuts down this process because survival becomes its number one priority. And now I do want to say, just as kind of a side note, just because our women, our bodies are meant to do this doesn't mean you have to do this. It's also okay if you decide not to bring life into the world that is the other side of it, and it is totally great if that is your decision too. So I'm really just talking about the biological sense of women's bodies. So, our bodies do an amazing job at keeping us alive, right, even when the process is undesirable, like weight gain, weight loss resistance, infertility, water retention, and inflammation. When our body starts to sense too much stress on the system, it shifts into preservation and prioritizes other things to keep it alive and preserve energy. Two big responsibilities of our bodies is ovulation and menstruation to use up energy to actually complete its process of dropping an egg and shedding its uterine lining. So when energy is scarce, these functions slow down, becoming irregular and maybe eventually shut down completely, which we know of as amenorrhea. So examples of things that can start to shift our period health eating in a calorie deficit or restriction for too long, not eating enough carbohydrates, dehydration specifically through low water intake and or electrolyte intake, lack of sleep under seven hours consistently with wake times in between or even one or the other, say if you are getting seven hours but you're waking up periodically throughout the night or if you're getting less than six, seven hours and still waking up, you know, throughout the night too. Daily life stress is also one of the big ones, just general lifestyle going on. Travel, alcohol, gut dysbiosis, overgrowth, mold, parasites, heavy metals, birth control, and other medications, and then vitamin and mineral deficiencies. When things start to come together, we can have a period that is completely symptom-free and actually just another week that doesn't affect us or dictate how we live our life. So I'm going to go into a list of a ton of symptoms I hear about that are super common for women, but we know are actually not supposed to happen if we were completely healthy. Mood swings, exhaustion, bloating, cramps, back pain, sleep changes, cravings, diarrhea, constipation, depression or anxiety, acne, low sex drive, breast tenderness or pain, and skin changes, whether that is just acne or rashes in general. And we see these symptoms because our hormones are imbalanced and our hormones are imbalanced because our gut is suffering. So, we have five primary sex hormones that can cause changes in our period. Testosterone, progesterone, estrogen, luteinizing hormone, and follicle-stimulating hormone. So, LH and then FSH. Testosterone is responsible for muscle growth, energy, sex drive, hair growth, and bone density. Progesterone is responsible for fertility, mood, lactation, thyroid health, and supporting pregnancy when it occurs. Estrogen is responsible for mood, breast health, bone density, urinary tract health, heart and bone vessels, skin, hair, mucous membranes, pelvic muscles, and our brain. LH is responsible for the length and the order of our menstrual cycles for ovulating and egg implantation and also for the production of progesterone. FSH is responsible for growing and preparing the egg for ovulation. So we see how important all five of these sex hormones are and why they are so important to make sure they are in optimal levels. So when these hormones are too high or too low, that's when we see the PMS or the irregular periods and the menstrual cycles. Stress can also impact these hormones greatly. Stress is king because it can change everything and impacts everything. It puts us into fight, flight, or fawn state, which tells our body to slow down what's not important. So it slows down our digestion, our hormone production, it lowers our stomach acid, it blocks out most unimportant inputs from our environment, slows memory and cognitive function, halts reproduction, slows our metabolism, and down-regulates our thyroid production, It increases our heart rate and blood pressure and increases our internal temperature. That is purely for survival, and it does not matter what kind of stress it is. If it's acute stress, that's okay. If it's chronic, that puts a lot of pressure on our body. It's linked to everything, so the very first thing to do when you're trying to have a happy, healthy pain-free period is you have to manage stress and over time when your body is too stressed and pumps out too much cortisol it stops producing it altogether, which we see as internal uh, adrenal dysfunction or some have called it fatigue adrenal fatigue we have to have cortisol but in small amounts this allows our body to adapt to these stressors and the short-term needs or short-term demands we put on it so it can build and grow tissues and be resilient. Too much for too long hurts us. You need to put yourself into a parasympathetic state to calm down and relax more frequently and intentionally every day, multiple times a day. You need to signal to your body that it doesn't need to preserve and freeze, that it's safe and can function normally. So how do we do that? By eating more food, especially veggies, fruits, and things from the ground to increase vitamins, minerals, and natural source of energy. This also includes meats, decrease caffeine or stimulants, decrease or take out strenuous exercise like HIIT training, Orange Theory, CrossFit, spin, and running, and add in more low-stress movement, so yoga, Pilates, walks, low-frequency weight training, depending on the case. Improve your sleep hygiene, creating a bedtime routine. Sleeping 7 to 9 hours without waking intermittently throughout the night. Drinking 90 plus ounces of water. This is dependent on the person. With electrolytes. There is a really great company called Redmond. They do their own like table Himalayan pink sea salt that's really great. But they also do a really good electrolyte product as well. I have no affiliation. I use it. I just really like it. Um, There's also another company called Drink Element that's also a great company, although their dosages aren't as high as Redmond's. So drinking water first thing in the morning with the electrolytes is also a really great thing to do to rehydrate your system not skipping breakfast. (laughs) This is huge, right? We have an entire, hopefully, seven to nine hours of fasting, and it's really great to make sure you're providing your body with some form of nutrients first thing in the morning so you can help regulate your blood sugar, your hunger, signals throughout the day, and also managing your cortisol first thing in the morning. Meditation, getting massages, take alone time, Take up a new hobby maybe, journaling, practicing grounding daily, tapping or shaking or even dancing is great, and talking to a therapist. There are so many ways you can start regulating your stress. You don't need to do all of these, but in many cases, slowly integrating majority of these to your life is necessary and incredibly helpful and important in regulating your period. Another thing I wanted to touch on is how birth control can affect your period health. So birth control essentially shuts down the communication from our brain and our ovaries, which blunts our normal production of sex hormones, predominantly estrogen and progesterone, because it pumps our system with the synthetic versions of these hormones. While we're on birth control, we see shifts in our symptoms, changes in our period, and just overall menstrual cycle changes. When When we have any medication, it can also change our gut microbiome. So it can decrease stomach acid and digestive enzymes, which then promotes a breeding ground for overgrowth, parasites, and malabsorption of nutrients. So we see a lot of nutrient deficiencies, leaky gut, overgrowth, and tons of gut issues that can stick around for years if they're not addressed. A big change is usually with our mood too. So 90% of our serotonin is What makes us feel good in it is produced in the gut. It's a neurotransmitter. So if our gut is a mess, production of serotonin slows down, changing our mental health. Having parasites can also impact our mood and how we sleep and worsen our symptoms around full moons. This is why it's important to clean up your nutrition and actually eat more food so you can start to improve your gut function and nutrient deficiencies. And eating more food can look different for everybody, right? Some, it might mean adding a couple of servings of veggies per day. Some, it might mean adding another meal to your day. Whatever you're currently doing, add one simple nutritional change to start implementing a more balanced day. The goal really is to eat close to 2,000 calories or more, depending on like your size, activity level, dieting history, and age, and even gender as well. Fiber is another massively important factor in all of this because if you're not pooping on a daily basis, one to three times a day, you're likely dealing with some estrogen dominance. And this is just meaning that you have high circulating estrogen, which um, has nowhere to go if you're not pooping. So this creates low progesterone and testosterone if your estrogen is high. So eating 25 to 30 grams of fiber every day is key and then balancing between soluble and insoluble fiber because they do opposites of each other. So having regular bowel movements is our body's way of getting rid of toxins, excess hormones, and free radicals from the day. A buildup of these things over time burdens our liver, kidneys, and digestion, which increases stress and inflammation. Unfortunately, alcohol alcohol is another big trigger for toxic burden as well, so if you're dealing with hormone and gut issues, it's a good idea to take that out for a bit or even altogether. The goal is to have a perfectly pain-free period with very minimal signs of it coming. The perfect scenario is that it actually sneaks up on you because there were no signs, but luckily you started tracking them and then you kind of prepared for it, right? so normal and healthy signs of your period look like this increases of appetite from an increased bmr signs of needing to slow down and turn inward increased water retention increased bowel movements and shifts in your recovery strength output and creativity now there are certain times of your menstrual cycle where you can maybe push a little bit harder or there might be times in your menstrual cycle that you need to slow down, focus on recovery, focus on rest, turning inward, and just kind of eating in the simplicity of a few of your days. When you experience a healthy period and a healthy three weeks leading up to it, you'll be able to really tune into the signals your body is telling you. You can hear it and appreciate what it's asking you to do because you're no longer in pain or want to just sleep away the week to disconnect from your body's negative signals. It's an amazing feeling to be able to just go on with your normal routine, be at peace with your body and your period and know that every month your body is doing exactly what it needs to do. I can say firsthand that a pain-free optimal period is freaking amazing knowing what the alternative feels like and i also will say from personal experience just to kind of give you an idea of how my period has been throughout the years i was on birth control for about five years with the iud when i had that i rarely had a period and when i eventually took it out my period kind of came back with a bit of a vengeance, which was also very similar to how I came back in postpartum. I think i was about four months postpartum when i got my period back and it was very very heavy but that is also very normal because you if you think about how long you haven't had it it's you know nine plus months of course and if you continue to breastfeed it's also very unlikely that you'll get your period back because your hormones are still very low through breastfeeding which is also very normal Some women do get it back, which is a little bit surprising, but also not a big deal to have to worry about. (laughs) Although I know a lot of women that would prefer not to get it back while they're breastfeeding because it's just one more thing. Um, But for me, it was a, a relief when I started to get it back and not having any signs of hormonal dysfunction because during different times of your life, whether it's coming off of birth control, having a baby, going through surgery, injuries, whatever that is, anytime that your body is going through kind of this like big uphaul, it shows up with a different kind of period. Because like I said before, your period is a direct link from the previous three weeks or previous months. So When I got my period back, it came back with a vengeance. It was very heavy, but I also really didn't have many signs that it was coming back. Like, I didn't have any cramps. Bloating was very, very minimal. I was still obviously recovering from a C-section, but I could really recognize that my body was really regulating itself really well, and it was such a nice relief to not have to worry about my hormones doing something that wasn't optimal, that I'd have to focus on that. Now, obviously, being postpartum, there is a time that you have to focus on your hormones because, again, when you're pregnant for nine months, that is a pretty big deal for your body. And also giving birth is a very big deal for your body. It's very stressful. So it makes sense to also take six to nine months postpartum to focus on your internal health, even if your period shows that it is pretty healthy, your body's still recovering. So it is still important to make sure that you're spending time focusing on your stress, focusing on the basics or the foundations, right? Water, sleep, stress, nutrition, general movement, depending on what you're able to actually do. But small side note, everyone is different. Every woman is going to be in postpartum and go through that process differently. Every, every woman's period looks a little bit different, but there is an optimal period, and there are signs that some women accept and maybe ignore because they are just so used to dealing with it, and their doctors have just told them that it's normal, that it is part of having a period. When in reality, most Of the signs and symptoms that are uncomfortable or accompany with pain, that is not optimal and you do not have to accept that reality. So hopefully this was a helpful episode. Hopefully you got a lot out of the link between your period health and stress and ways you can help through that if you do have signs of an unhealthy period you're going through pain, you're uncomfortable every single month, maybe it's debilitating, there are ways you can get out of that, of course. And there are supplements that you could take as well, but I didn't want to spend too much time on that because it is very woman-dependent, depending on, you know, past history, what they're actually doing currently, if they are postpartum or not. Um, so you have to be careful with certain supplemental recommendations. So as always, don't hesitate to reach out on social media if you have questions and have a good day. So that concludes this episode. Thank you so much for listening, supporting this podcast and me. If you found this to be helpful and you know someone else who would benefit from this information, please share it with them or on your social media. And if you have a second, please hit follow and give this a five-star rating so I can reach more people who need to hear this. Until next time, stay fired up about your health and fitness and I'll see you in one week for our next episode.